Hanover Research is proud to share with you the Grant Rants NIH series, an eight-part dive into the National Institutes of Health. Every other week, we will examine a different aspect of the NIH for grant seekers, including an overview of institutes and centers, the R series, fellowships and training grants, resubmissions, and more. Check out the Grant Rants podcast page for information on upcoming sessions and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Have a question or topic? Email us directly at podcast at HanoverResearch.com. Welcome back to the Grant Rant. Uh, we are in episode three of our NIH series. Uh, for those of you who are just tuning in, um, you can take a listen to um, the first two episodes from this series. Um, this is a new series for 2023. The first episode uh, kind of provided an overview of the NIH where we talk about the institutes and centers and the different uh, individuals that you may encounter, as well as the process for submitting a grant to the NIH. And then episode two uh, took a deep dive into the R series, highlighting some of the most common R opportunities through the NIH. Um, and then today we're going to be talking about uh, the different types of fellowships and training grants. Um, so I'm Mallory Waters, the host of the Grant Rant, and I am once again joined by Tom Kuhn, who is probably getting tired of talking about the NIH. No, I love it. I'm actually learning a lot and it's, I'm happy to share. Great. Thanks, Tom. Um, so today we're going to focus on fellowships and training grants. Um, so. When we think about the NIH, research and investigator-led comes to mind. Those are the things that I think most people focus on when they're thinking about the NIH and, you know, submitting grant opportunities. But there's also a slew of other opportunities surrounding fellowships and trainings that are available through the different institutes and centers. These can be pre-doctoral or post-doctoral, and they provide opportunities for emerging scientists with additional training and experience in their field. So Tom, to get us started, let's talk about the different types of F grants or fellowship grants. Yeah, it's really impressive that NIH uh, really digs deep into the range of support that they provide at all steps of people's career. Like you said, starting with the pre-doctorals and into the postdocs, the F grants are really designed, the F or fellowship grants are really designed, as you said, to, to advance the capabilities of uh, promising scholars and then helping to further develop develop that career and help to stand up the, the scholars, uh, teachers, trainers in uh, in their careers, in their tenured positions or in their uh, medical service positions. So these these uh, these F grants, there's really six major types. Uh, there are a few more, but they get a little nuanced, are really about providing individual research training opportunities, uh, including for international students to, to trainees at the undergraduate, graduate and postdoctoral levels. Um, notably, there are multiple mechanisms. These are uh, the FO5, the F30. The FO5 provides collaborative research opportunities for foreign students uh, who hold a doctoral degree or equivalent to work in the biomedical or biobehavioral sciences in the U.S. or with U.S. counterparts. The F30 uh, supports individual fellowships for pre-doctoral training. Uh, well, that leads to the combined MD, PhD, uh, and other dual clinical research degrees. The F31 supports training in health and health-related areas, leading towards the research doctoral, so the PhD. The 32 F32 supports uh, postdoctoral research training to individuals to really help broaden their scientific background and extend their potential to do more research in specific health-related areas. So you can see they're helping at every level. Uh, 
uh, scholars really move in the direction that is interesting to them and that's important to the biomedical workforce. Uh, the last two I'll talk about here, the F-33 is for experienced, more senior scientists to make major changes either in the direction of their research careers or to get new skills that they need to, to engage either new directions or uh, new innovations in health-related research. So this is an important component of NIH saying even our senior scientists can continue to change uh, and adapt and provide significant uh, resources. And then the last one of the Fs really is the beginning of the bridge to the Career Development Awards. So this F99, also known as the K00, is really an activity code intended it's really not the same activity code, but it's a bridge to the K00. This is a pre to postdoctoral transition of, of successful, highly motivated, exemplary students um, into their, their careers, either at, uh, as a researcher or as a uh, medical provider. So a lot of F grants really designed as the stepping stone to the K grants that are also then the stepping stones to the R grants. I know. I was just going to say, I love these bridge grants because it's so clear what they're doing. So when we when we talk about, um, you know, early career and kind of some of the, you know, mentored um, opportunities in the K series, they have one that's the K99 slash ROO, and that's the bridge to the R. Um, so it's really cool how, you know, NIH, you know, not only has all these different, you know, mechanisms for uh, researchers who are in different stages of their career, but also kind of these bridge programs that are designed specifically to take them from one phase into the next. Yes. That's just, the, yeah, that's the nerd in me, just like really loving this. Um, but yep. you know, I think one of the things that I see a lot, you know, I know that with our work here at Hanover, we see a lot of our grants. You know, we work on our grants a ton. Uh, we work on K grants a lot. The F series is um, a little less common, I think, um, just in terms of what we work on here at Hanover. Um, so it can get a little bit difficult to understand just kind of how, you know, competitive these are. So, Tom, just kind of thinking through it, how competitive are the F-series programs compared to NIH? To the NIH yeah, you know, research? yeah, you're right, too. And I, I don't see enough of these. So I did some homework uh, in, in anticipation of talking about this. So the answer in short is they're very competitive, but it varies a little bit. An F award is generally one of the most preeminent honors that a young scholar can receive from NIH. And because it's really designed to, to recognize their contributions and their potential and to provide, like you said, that bridge support. So it's setting up a pathway for their, not only for their future contributions to health science research and healthcare delivery, but to their careers, right? And it starts early at the postdoctoral and, and, and gets them all the way to the professional, uh, the professorial levels. Uh, I looked carefully at this report tool, and we'll talk about NIH as a very mature funding organization with billions of dollars going into grants, 35 plus billion every year. They have a series of tools that are based on their report tool, and they have a report ER, which is the expenditures and uh, I think receipts. So you can start to look at pay lines, et cetera. And when I did, the, the most recent data for 2022 showed about an average of 51% success rates for all F grants, which I thought was much higher uh, than I expected, and, and certainly is much, much higher than we see in the research grants. Uh, but we see, a, a, I saw a, a variety of range between 8% for some institutes and up to 66% for others. There's probably a lot more, uh, there's probably a lot to read into that that I could not see just from the data. I'm suspecting that these fellowships are, you know, some are coming from stronger institutions or bigger groups or more mature applications that involve multiple fellows, et cetera. Um, 
but this is yet another reason to talk to a program officer because even the, the best consultant with the best tools will never have the kinds of answers that a program officer can give you. Mm -hmm. these Absolutely. Are, these are very, very pro competitive, very prestigious awards, really designed to help these fellows uh, uh, on a fast track. Mm -hmm. Not to bash the NCI, but I'm going to guess that the 8%, <laughs> the low end of that range came from them. Um, but uh, that's just based on the fact that the NCI tends to be the most um, competitive of the institutes and centers. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we did a lot of talking in episode two when we were talking about the R series and we were talking about the R03 and the R21 and how those were not stepping stones to the R01. Um, but I think fellowships are different. So um, yeah. are these fellowships considered to be stepping stones to more independent research? Yeah, in the context, you know, that of what NIH is trying to do across the spectrum of professionals. Yeah. And in the way we're talking about it, and they have a strong history and they have a set of mechanisms really aligned to support pre through postdocs into faculty, into research and and into um, uh, care delivery uh, positions. So really, they're supporting researchers and caregivers across the continuum of studies. And in, so in practical reality, these are really stepping stones, the Fs, to the K series, which are ultimately about further developing that career capability and ultimately to the investigator initiated uh, series, the R, the R grants. Um, as a postdoctoral fellow, the F applicants should really be taking steps early to become independent investigators. So NIH is investing in that work. They want to see you working with mentors, engaging in research and development of preliminary development and publication of preliminary results and applying for grants. So they're giving you the tools and the resources to move in the direction that are critical for you in your career and in your future positions. Um, they do pro provide specific guidance. Um, for recommended support by these career stages and career tracks. So they're even looking after people, you know, going towards the PhD on the research side or going towards the MD on the delivery side. Um, and they have specific recommendations for both F and K awards that they want to see you to pursue on that path to being a much more independent um, principal investigator, regardless of whether you're a researcher or a care delivery expert. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And since you uh, mentioned it, you know, how how do the F programs differ from the K series? And, and I know that we're going to talk about the K series in more depth um, in one of our future episodes. But can you kind of give us um, a little bit of a sneak peek? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question, because they're 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 very different. Um, they're the F awards are really designed to provide research experience, whereas the K awards are really designed to provide support for senior postdoc fellows and, and faculty level candidates. Um, the objectives are slightly different. The F awards are not renewable. They provide supports for stipends, for tuition and fees, and institutional allowances for training, and even some childcare, very limited, but uh, important, right? Um, the postdoctoral fe fellows must, notably, must repay the government for this support. So this, it's not like paying them back dollar for dollar, but your debt is one of time and effort. And so you can pay it off by continuing to work in the, on the project for which you were funded or in subsequent uh, related projects. Whereas the K awards are really designed to, to provide support for, uh, for the, the, the objective of the program is really to help to bring you to the point where you're able to conduct your research more independently or more collaboratively, and that you're gonna be more competitive for major grant support. Um, they, these also are not re renewable, and uh, most ICs expect that the K awardees, given the significance, there probably also have been F awardees not required, but that they're moving on, that they're 
progress reports and the next iteration of their work is really in the direction of the R mechanisms. Yeah, absolutely. What about dual degree programs? Um, I know that you mentioned this when you kind of gave a quick overview of the different mechanisms of series, but are students in those programs, those students who just love education and are going for those dual degrees, um, are they eligible to apply for these F grants? Yeah, they are. There's there's uh, three of them or two of them that are specifically designed. Yeah, to they're appropriate for MD, PhD and other dual degree students. Uh, again, you have to be US citizens in this case, but if you're seeking support for integrated research and clinical training, NIH is your friend. They're probably one of the only funders uh, in the federal government of this area. So the F31 is your mechanism, the F30 and F31 is your mechanism. Um, the the 31, I think, focuses on the PD, the, the PhD phase of the dual degree. And then the F, uh, the other one is the diversity funding opportunity can really help to bring in more, uh, more individuals from underrepresented groups, right? People that are just underrepresented by whatever category or classification in the biomedical workforce. So not only is uh, NIH really supporting dual degrees, but they're trying to track more and more people into those degrees. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. One question that I have received, and this wasn't necessarily you know, specific to NIH, but I think it's important to talk about when we're thinking about, you know, fellowships in general, but, you know, most specifically fellowships with the NIH is, um, you know, are these fellowships full-time um, or can a researcher potentially conduct a part-time fellowship through the NIH at a lesser funding level or be, or, or, or try to be creative in, you know, other ways in terms of how they're kind of dividing their time? Yeah, I'm not as knowledgeable as some of my colleagues in NIH, so I looked carefully at this, um, but don't take this as a blanket statement. From my understanding and everything published by NSF, NIH, uh, the F awards are not part-time jobs. These are full-time, 12-person years per month, right? They're, in count, they're, they're expecting that the summers are busy uh, product, uh, productivity-wise, research-wise. Um, and in addition to the full time training, they actually expect uh, that the fellows spend on average about 25% of their time or, or 10 hours a week, which is significant for a student uh, in the part time research, teaching or clinical employment. So they're really looking for as you distinguish yourself as a as a fellow applicant to show that level of uh, enthusiasm, productivity uh, and and the kinds of things that are indicative of students that are going to be very successful. But yes, these are full time jobs. And like I said, they have to be paid back uh, by continuing the work to the uh, to and contributions to the value of the awards. Absolutely, um, you know, and when you think about it, especially for folks who are in a dual degree program, spending another 25% of their time or 10 hours a week <laughs> doing something, <laughs> I can't even imagine it blowing my mind right now. Um, but, you know, another thing to, you know, take a look at is when you go onto the NIH page, they actually have a dedicated page talking about individual fellowships. And so uh, definitely check that out for more information. They also yeah. have stipend. Uh, they have the uh, stipend levels um, and those have been those are updated every year. So you can go on there and see what the stipend level is, depending on the career level and how many years of experience. It's probably going to be a little depressing, um, but that's a whole other conversation that's happening within academia in terms of fellowships and postdocs and, you know, things like that. But NIH, you know, as we've said, and as we will continue to say, they have a lot of great information um, available to you that's open access. So definitely go check that out. I think that's it for today for the fellowship opportunities. Um, if you haven't yet, uh, take a listen to the other episodes in our series. Uh, we have um, one on the overview of the NIH and then one on the R series. 
Um, prior to this year as well, we have a multitude of other episodes on all sorts of topics. Um, prior to 2023, um, these Grant Rant episodes focused on webinars that we were holding at Hanover. So there's lots of information about NIH, about Department of Education, all sorts of goodies, um, which you can check out on the Grant Rant uh, podcast page. But otherwise, tune in for our next episode uh, when we are going to talk about resubmitting to the NIH. So uh, tune in then. Awesome. Always a pleasure.